to People Like Us, a podcast for and about third culture kids everywhere. I'm Jen Mohindra. I'm also a TCK and I have a Facebook group for TCK adults called, unsurprisingly, People Like Us. Hello, and in today's episode of People Like Us, I'm joined by Shannon Irby. Shannon, hello. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm great, Jen. Nice to finally meet you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so straight into our um, podcast and the first question, as always, Shannon, would you like to tell me about where you grew up? Absolutely. Um, I was born in Germany and um, to American parents. And after, I believe, four years in Germany, uh, we moved to Arizona in the US, where we stayed for maybe like two and a half years. Um, after that, we moved to Okinawa, Japan. And I, we were there for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and then after Japan, we moved to Turkey and we lived there for about two and a half years. And um, in Turkey, after Turkey, um, well, in Turkey, my parents, uh, they divorced. So from Turkey, I moved with my mom to back to the States. Um, we lived in Washington, D.C. And then after that, we moved to San Antonio, Texas in the U.S. as well. And by then, I was graduating from high school. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of moves zigzagging around the world. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so from Germany to America, then Japan to Turkey, and then back to America, mm -hmm. what's your memory of what the moves, the actual moves are like, you know, starting out in, in new places so many times? Um, I, I definitely, so I don't, of course, have memories of the move from Germany to um Arizona sure but I do have memories of the house once we had moved um like once we had arrived in Arizona I for some reason I have memories of you know going to see the house and watching it being built and things like that um so for that first move it was it was basically everything is new and this is a new place and um, this is our new house. This is my new school. This is new food because, you know, I, I, I'm told that I was very, very picky. I only wanted mm. German food and my parents <laughs> found it very difficult to get me back, you know, get me to eat American food. Um, the moves from that, from then on were, a mixture of easy and difficult. I think I kind of enjoyed packing and moving as a kid. Um, 
I liked the, what's the word? Like I knew it was going to happen during the move. I knew that we needed to pack. I knew that next came the, like someone would come and take our stuff and then we'd go to the airport and then we'd be in the new town. We have the hotel and then we find a place. It's like that part, that structure, I kind of enjoyed for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like once I started school and we were supposed to settle now, that was the hard part of a lot of the moves. Um, it got harder when I moved to Turkey and then back to the U.S., of course, because, well, Turkey, I had, um, moving there was fine, but, like, immediately I had trouble, like, adapting to the school and other students, and then moving back to the States was kind of, like, repatriating in high school, so that was also difficult. Yeah, I guess what you're describing there is the, um, I guess the excitement and the hope and promise of the, the new place. So all the, the packing, the getting to the airport, landing, getting in the hotel. Hotels, I know when I was a kid, hotels were really exciting. And then, <laughs> and then when you're actually there and in your new home and going to school, and then it's like, oh, reality bites. This is it. We're here now. Exactly. So, um, and I guess also the the move that you described being difficult, you know, to Turkey and then from Turkey back to the States, particularly with the um, the split of your parents, must have been mm-hmm. tricky. And as you say, repatriating to the US, mm-hmm. what in particular was difficult going back there? Um, so when we... When I went back to the US, we moved to Washington, DC, and I went, um, I started eighth grade, which that's an, a whole nother story about, you know, the kinds of schools that I went to. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, so Washington, DC, we lived in Washington, DC, but people in Washington, DC usually live in Maryland or or Virginia they live like just outside of the city center mm-hmm. and so you often go to schools like across borders and I spent eighth grade in Virginia and then it was um it was a religious school it was like a Lutheran school but it was k through eighth grade and so I spent one year there and then the following year I had to switch schools again and I went to school in D.C. And what was extremely difficult about that was it was the first school I'd been to where the population was not that, like, international. Um, It was about, I like to say, 95% African American, Mm -hmm. and the 5% were um, the military kids that were also enrolled there. Um, There were a few other students, oh, there were a few other students who were not military affiliated um, that were just local citizens, um, maybe like Hispanic or mixed race or something like that. But again, it was just 
the culture shock Mm -hmm. of being because I am African-American so this was my first time um, I guess being what they call the hidden immigrant Mm -hmm. like I'm obviously very different I I, I'm not from here I have a lot to learn before I can adjust but I blend in right away when I walk through those doors so that was extremely difficult so appearance wise you look the part you look like one of the others but on Mm -hmm. the inside whoa that's a whole nother story yes (laughs) um mannerisms the way I spoke everything outside of appearance was different and I was kind of reminded of it every day. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm going to fast forward because mm-hmm. I know from when we were chatting just before recording that you've gone back to Japan, back to Okinawa. And mm-hmm. so following on from, you know, that the hidden immigrant appearance wise blending in, but being on the dif- different on the inside, how mm-hmm. is it for you now in Japan? Because as an African-American, you obviously don't have that blending in appearance wise so so how is that for you it's it's very interesting um to think about I have thought about it a lot I do feel comfortable here being the different one (laughs) I think that's the easiest way to say it um it's I understand my position I guess does that make sense my position in society no (laughs) um like I understand that I am different and I I think there's less pressure to fit in because I'm already different I look different I'm it's expected of me to be different so that's one less thing I have to like uh try to meet as far Mm. as getting along with people. So being in Japan and looking obviously different to the locals and Mm -hmm. having that comfort in, well, hey, yes, I am the foreigner, so therefore it's like almost permission to be different. Mm. How do you respond to the often dreaded question for TCKs, which you must get a lot, of mm. where are you from? How do you answer that one? I actually, I know this bothers a lot of people, but I actually like the question. And that might sound very strange to our listeners, but I, I like telling people my story, whether it's shorthand or longhand. I like when I meet someone who's actually asking for the long version of my story. Um, And as I've gotten older, people have been more um, kind of accepting of my answers, whether I, you know, I just say, um, I'm from everywhere. And it's a phrase I've used a lot in recent years. I just start with, I'm from everywhere. Or um, if I can tell that they're trying to like place my, my maybe like a ethnic 
lineage or background, Mm -hmm. then I don't find it hard to say like I'm American and then say, but I'm from everywhere or, but I've lived around the world and just add that in. And I, I kind of know when to stop as well. Just leave it at that. And people seem to be okay with it. Sure. It's it's something that I think most of us have to get to grip with grips with at some point of learning how much to give away or how much to say to that question, because you, you, it's very easy to um, <laughs> to uh, kill the conversation <laughs> by saying too much. So having lived in all these places and being back in Japan now, where feels like home for you? Um, so I, I have an answer, but it's a little bit scary for me because it's new. Um, I really am starting to feel like I could call Okinawa home. Um, not to say that I would live here for the rest of my life or settle down, but I definitely feel like I feel at peace. Like this is one of the places in the world where I feel at peace being. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if, I guess some people have asked me similar questions recently in, in the past year. And I've, I've kind of said like, well, if I could choose my hometown, I would choose Okinawa, but, um, I, I say I give that answer, but I I don't mean to say that like I don't want to call anywhere else home. It's just the idea, like that kind of fantasy of a hometown, like, oh, I this isn't the star on the map that I can put, like this is the home base, you know, and then I can continue to go everywhere else in the world and but this is the star. That's the kind of feeling I have when I think of like home Um, and then I have the kind of philosophical answer where home is definitely the culture that I can feel comfortable in and the culture I mean like the people um, the music the traditions, um, food, especially, (laughs) Mm. um, I've, I know that I like Indian food and I haven't been to India before, but it's just becoming a part of my, um, it's just becoming a part of like my story now. Mm -hmm. Like I have to have Indian food like once a month. And I have to try new things every time I go to the <laughs> to the restaurant. And I would love to go to India one day if I'm able to and like, you know, learn more about food. But that that kind of food culture is also what I consider like home. So what I'm hearing then is home is is like a feeling and it's to do with feeling at home with things like food 
Yes, yes. What, what do you think about the um, the idea of having you know many places that you can call home? Um, I I do think it's possible. I there are things that I love and appreciate about everywhere that I've lived. Um, there are reasons why I would not choose a particular place you know, to call it home, um, as, as well on the other side. Um, but I, I find myself, if I think, I often evaluate my opinions of the places that I've lived. And sometimes I have a favorite and my basis for that decision isn't always the same. Um, right now, I'm feeling very thankful to be stuck in Okinawa, um, as opposed to, say, Texas right now. I don't think that I would be having a good time um, enduring the pandemic there. Um, and so that's my base. That's my reason for wanting to call Okinawa home, you know, at this moment in time. But who knows, next year I could be like, I've discovered New Zealand and it's wonderful. And this is what I want to call home now. You know, it just, I can understand wanting to have different places. Sure. You mentioned, Shannon, about being stuck in Okinawa and that's obviously to do with the pandemic and the mm -hmm. travel restrictions. Um, can I ask, well, what took you to Okinawa, what took you back to Okinawa? Yeah, so um, I did live here when I was a kid, and when by the time I graduated high school and then finished university, I hadn't, except for Germany, I hadn't returned to any place that I lived before. And out of all the places I had lived that I had memories, my own memories of, Okinawa was one of the best places um, when I had some of the most fondest memories mm -hmm. um, of from here. And so um, I, after university, I went to work and live in South Korea and I made a very split decision, like very rash <laughs> well not rash now um at the time it was like um close to new year's and i was like i have this time off i need to go on vacation somewhere i'm buying a plane ticket and the closest place i could go within my budget was okinawa at the time and i was terrified i was terrified because i hadn't returned to any of you know any of my previous homes mm. and I would be going after like I think it was almost like 15 years or or something like that and mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be different and my biggest fear was like if I go and I have a bad experience am I going to rewrite or overwrite all of those good memories or am I going to see with my adult eyes, you know, the true Okinawa versus like my kid memories. And I 
I flew, I took that trip and I went and on the plane ride, when I, we were landing, I actually started crying uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like the, the worry and stuff, you know, like the mixture of excitement and worry. And I just started crying, but um, I had a really good time and I then I couldn't stay. So I flew back to Korea and then I thought, well, I don't know if I'll ever get to do that again, but um, at least I went back and I was like at peace with myself. And then a couple of years later, I had moved back to the States for work and my mom had moved to Okinawa again for work. And I told her, I'm not really enjoying my work right now. Um, And if I had the chance, I would like to go back to school and study a language and she said well what language are you thinking of and I had my list but one of them was Japanese and she's like well I'm here you could come here and I will help you get settled while you study and it all just kind of fell into place and I ended up coming back and I've been here like three years now so um it's been a very lucky experience, I think. Um, still with challenges, definitely. But like I said before, it's I've of all the places I think I could be stuck in, I'm happy <laughs> to be here. It sounds like you, you had a wonderful opportunity, which you seized by the horn, mm-hmm. so to speak. So and you described your, your first visit back to Okinawa, which was the first time you'd been there for about 15 years, you know, and, and going back with adult eyes as opposed to you know, your childhood eyes and your childhood memories. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was that excitement and an emotion while you were on the flight before you got there. But what was it like when you actually were in Okinawa that first time? It was very... I I felt as if all of my senses were on high alert. Um, like when I got when you get off the plane and you're walking through the the little tunnel to get yep. into the gate, um, I was trying so hard to just stop crying. I was like feeling embarrassed and self conscious, and I'm like, okay, I understand what's going on right now, but I don't want people to know to like you know talk to me right now. Um, I kind of got to the gate area and let everyone pass me and like calm down. And then when I got out of the airport, I just kind of observed everything. Um, I took my time getting to like the monorail. There's a monorail that goes all the way to the airport. I took my time just walking around, um, looking at the buildings and the people walking by, I stopped in a park and I recognized scents. Mm. Like if a place has a a scent and you like, I think that's one of the first things that like the memory imprint, no matter how young you are, there's like a smell or a scent that you always know and associate with the place. I found I realized that when I left the airport Um, and a lot of stuff was new. I didn't recognize anything until I 
traveled further north of the island um, one day and I found a, there's a playground on one of the beaches with a huge pirate ship shaped play center. Mm-hmm. And that was there when I was here when I was a kid. And I found it and I was like, I know something. I recognize something. <laughs> so it was it was super interesting, like having all my senses on high alert just to see mm-hmm. like what I could recognize and stuff like that. Sure. It's it's so interesting what what you say there about the um the sense of places, because yeah, just as you say, smells sounds as well sometimes Mm -hmm. tastes can take you straight back to your childhood memories and to actually step into that you know in in person must have been an amazing experience yes so you've been in Okinawa now for a little longer than anticipated thanks thanks to the pandemic (laughs) what what do you see for your for your next movement I am considering where I could go next. I'm I'm wondering if I could ever make it back over to like Europe or, you know, visit Turkey again. I I Turkey is one place I would really like to go again just because I think I would have um a lot more memories of my surroundings if not for like the family situation at the time um we one thing I do thank my parents for is wherever we moved we always ventured off of we were in the military so we always ventured off the base outside of the base to go and explore things as a local um and I really am thankful to them for that experience but um just they went through a divorce when we were in Turkey and so that was kind of like my biggest memory of the place and I would love to go again and just explore Turkey as you know again like I did with Okinawa with adult eyes and Mm -hmm. see what else is there um I would like to go back to Germany I would like to go to New Zealand I know I said that earlier as a joke but I'm kind of serious about that as well um, I'm, I don't know anything about New Zealand. I've met people from there and it just sounds amazing. Um, I'm open to all kinds of possibilities, but I would really like to go um, to Europe again. Yeah. It sounds like you have the, uh, the TCK sense of adventure. <laughs> yes, it will never die. <laughs> New Zealand is beautiful by the way I I can confirm I I have visited there and if you haven't already seen the Lord of the Rings movies there's uh, beautiful scenery of of the country okay I have seen yes so I do know that about New Zealand but yes thank you I will absolutely be going now (laughs) (laughs) if it hadn't have been for the pandemic how do you think things would have panned out for you I I think just before the pandemic I was kind of struggling with um 
I think I was starting to fall into the kind of trap of like, it's okay for us to move around, but I think I was starting to feel like I needed to move and I, I wasn't allowed to stay put somewhere. And so, um, I think I would have tried to like go to the mainland Japan or try and move to a neighboring country, like go back to Korea or, or even visit Taiwan and see if I could work there or go to school there. I think I would have just been moving for the sake of moving rather than having um, a deeper meaning behind it or, Mm -hmm. you know, something that worked for me. So I'm, yeah, I don't know that it would have been great. So yeah, the um the classic TCK itch, the the moving for the sake of moving, because hey, that's what we've always done. But yes. then there does come a time when it just gets tiring and you think, do I have to keep doing this? Do I need to keep doing this? Do I want to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like in a way the um the pandemic has had a positive there in allowing you to become a bit more settled. And being more mindful of where you might like to go to next. It's definitely been a learning experience and not easy by any means, but one like one lesson, life lesson that I'm thankful to have experienced. And that's also why I say like I'm I'm glad that I am learning that lesson here in Okinawa, a place where I feel already comfortable. So it's it's one less thing to worry about when I'm stressing and thinking I need to move, you know, like, no, (laughs) it's okay. You're safe here. You like it here. It's fine. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Shannon, the time has flown by as always. Um, I'd like to thank you so much for your time and our conversation today. And I'd also like to take the opportunity to wish you all the best for, uh, the next move wherever it might be whether to turkey or new zealand even just to visit thank you so much (laughs) thank you very much for inviting me on your show thank you my pleasure thanks for listening to people like us if you'd like to join an online community full of people like us hop over to facebook and search for people like us you'll find my group and you're very welcome to join us